Blog Talk Radio. God bless you. God bless you. This is Brother Aaron. We praise the Lord for you. Wow. January was a long month, you know, but we took some needed rest and just took some time off um, from being on the air and being on Facebook um, in this capacity. But um, we've definitely been thinking about you and praying for you that are out here. 319-527-6091, you know, is the number if you're looking to come on Purpose Kingdom um, Blog Talk Radio, again, 319-527-6091. This is the 1,975th episode of Purpose Kingdom. You know, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing. Wow, 2024. Do you believe it? 2024, brand new year, brand new time. We just thank God for his mercy and how he continues to just bless and just to move us and to motivate us to do the things that are pleasing in his sight. You know, um, before we get into the word, um, let's pray, God. We do thank you and we bless you. Thank you for this word called to win, God. I pray for clarity, Holy Spirit, that you would bring glory to Jesus, that you would edify us, that you would encourage and enlighten us. We thank you for the anointing that's present that destroys yokes. We pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm 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 excited. I'm concerned. You know, I'm I'm emotions is all over today. You know, um, but I'm I'm excited because God is ever present. I'm excited because the Lord continues to work on me. You know, continues to sanctify me, continues to raise me up, and, and not in the capacity that is seen before men, but just raise me up where I feel a lifting. In my spirit, my God, hallelujah, I feel happy on the inside. You know, and, and I stop looking for happiness. But I want that joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, that in spite of circumstances, I have that peace that surpasses all understanding. My mind can't even comprehend that so much stuff is going on. I'm in so many kinds of trouble, so many kinds of desperate situations, but yet there's peace in my spirit, yeah, and joy in my soul. And I thank God. I thank God for that. I thank God for the opportunity to be before you, you know, and just to be able to bless the Lord, you know, just to be able to lift up the name of Jesus in a society that seems to be going crazy. You know, um, our pastor used to always say that as the church goes, so goes the world. You know, as the church goes, as the church, if the church goes into debauchery, into debauchery if, the, if the church goes into transgression, if the church goes into some kind of carnality and all kind of loose living, how do we expect the world to come up to a standard when we, the church, and judgment must first begin at the house of God? And if judgment first begin at us, the Bible asks the question, then where does the unrighteous and the sinner stand? If judgment begins at us, let me start there. If judgment begins in the house, where does the unrighteous the ungodly. Where does the sinner stand? How does the man that does not know God even stand a chance if the light we shine is darkness? 
we came up with a title, you know, and, and, and it's called to win. It's called to win. And, and we often think of that, you know, this is a catchy topic, and people think, you know, to be on top, to be the boss, to be the head and not the tail, but call to win souls is what I'm talking Call to win souls to Christ. Call to win men and women to the kingdom. Call to win. And because the subtopic is we're not called to draw. It's not our job to draw people. And we see that we that churches and people are using carnal means by which they attract people. And the first thing, and the first warning, I would say, the first challenge I would even put out there is already a challenge. It ain't even 805, and I'm already putting out a challenge, is that the first person, the first entity, the first being that we see in the Bible that drew, that attracted, that people were Satan because he drew a third of the angels. Listen, because of his merchandise, because of his gift, because of his talent, because of his music, because of his charisma, he was able to draw, listen, a third of the angels that were in the very presence of God away. A third of the angels that saw the majesty on high, that witnessed the glory of God. He drew them away because of his merchandise, because of his ability, because of what he brought to the table, because of what he could do. He was able to draw, my God, he was able to draw a third of the angels away from the very presence of God. And when we begin to get into the business of trying to draw, trying to attract men, we, as I believe, we're getting into the business of Lucifer. We're getting into the business of carnality. We're getting into the business because of what means. What means do we attract? By what by what means do we attract? What do we have that God didn't give us? What do we have that he didn't provide? What do we have that God didn't anoint us, equip us with? Everything that we had to do was given, whether it's our charisma, whether it's our attraction, whether it's our gifts, whether it's our talent, whatever it is. We've been given that by God, and we've been called to win souls. But it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that convicts. It's the Holy Spirit that attracts. Matter of fact, the Bible says in St. John 6 that unless God, Jesus, remember when he came, they had just fed the 5,000. He had just fed the 5,000. And now all of these people began to follow him. They couldn't find him. And when they found him, he had went on the other side. It says that people start coming over in ships and boats to where he was. He began to draw crowds, hundreds and thousands of people, because of the miracle of the fishes and the load. But we know that Jesus, the Bible says, knowing the hearts of men, knowing that they're only following him because of the increase. They weren't following him because of him. He said, I'm the bread of life. In in chapter 6, he said, I'm the bread of life. Moses gave manna, but I'm the bread that come from heaven. And this is between them. So how can he say he, he's the bread that Moses gave? When he, he, ain't he Joseph's son? 
And Jesus reminds them, paraphrasing now, reminding them, hey, listen, don't let that get it. Don't, don't, don't even let that be real to you. Because unless God draw you to me, you can't even come. My God. So, so it doesn't matter what kind of gimmicks that we use. It doesn't matter what kind of attractions we use. God has to do the drawing. And God, when God does the drawing, let's read St. John, a 16th chapter. And I want to just read some of this stuff because the Holy Spirit, remember also, I believe it's in Matthew, it's in Matthew, yeah, Matthew 17, it says, how be it this kind? Oh, not out. This kind don't go out except for prayer and fasting because there is a consecration for the things of God. If I can get it by charisma alone, if I can get, then there's some people that have more charisma, that are more talented. But there is spirituality in 2024. Everybody is spiritual. Everybody, you know, is spiritual and seeking for God and searching for what they call God. But there is a spirituality that is void of the God of the Bible. The Bible says, even the Bible says in the Gospels, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, that there's many spirits that go out. There's many spirits that's out here talking to people, albeit no the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The Bible says, because we believe every man that has this hope in himself. <clears throat> in first John, it says, beloved, look, now we are the sons of God, and it does not appear what we shall be, but this we do know, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Then it says, and every man that has this hope in him, hope, the hope that we'll see him. How do you know you have hope that you see him? Because we walk by faith. And James said, faith without works is dead. What works? Works of righteousness. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. And then Romans, and I'm jumping into all of the scriptures already, and Romans reminds us, I just want to admonish us to be careful because if we're using carnal means to draw people, you have to use carnal means to keep people. If you're using worldly means to attract people, you have to continue to use even more worldly, more carnal means to keep people. But we're not called to keep people. We're not called to attract them. We're not called to draw them. We're called to win them. And we win them, Brother Aaron, we win them by sharing the gospel and let the Holy Spirit do the drawing. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is not my charisma. Not, not my talent, not my gift. It is the gospel is the power of God. Listen, not unto coming to church, not, not unto clean living. It's the power of God unto salvation. We're trying to fill our church with for church members and no one saved. My goodness. What a tragedy to spend your life in church and you've never given your heart to God. 
You, you've never given your heart to the Lord. You've never taken the time to repent of your sin. God bless you, Van. Hey, Maria, bless you. But as we move forward, my God, I, I was one of those church members in church, singing in church, minister, doing all kinds of godly works, so-called in the church, and my heart was way in left field. My, my heart wasn't far from God, but the mercy of God. And, and faith, because of the faith in James said, faith without works, I do works of righteousness. I purified myself, and not to the point where I'm perfect, but at least my mindset was to move forward. At least my mindset was to live holy. My mind until God pulled my reins and pulled me in. This is why, and and I'm really just talking basically about some of the things that I've seen over the last 30 days, 30 or so days, you know, um, on Facebook, on on social media, you know, um, that we are doing in church and calling it gospel. We're, We're doing in church and calling it church. But it's one thing I said during worship. What's the use of going to church? Spirit of God is not there. What's the use of going? I can stay home if the Spirit of God is not going to be there. I can go because I want the camaraderie. I want the bonfire. I want the group. I want the, I would say, huddle of us coming together on one accord because I want to see the move of God. But I do understand, according to Romans, that it's not going to happen by the will of the flesh. It's not going to happen by carnal means. Why? Because Romans 8 reminds us that the carnal mind is enmity against God and is not subject, listen, to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. It's not to the law. There is a law of the spirit of life. There is a law of sin and death. And it's, 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 manifest through how we live in this flesh. That's why the Bible admonishes us as Christians to what mortify, put these deeds together, because you can't do what you want to do and still call it Christianity. You, you can't, we can't do it, live the way we want to live. And expect the move of God. Yeah, people can get excited. Yes, the gift will be manifest because the gift ain't for me. The gift's not for you. The gift is for the person that hears it. So the Lord is using me. The Lord can be using me, and I'm shouting and dancing and singing and preaching, and I'm doing all these wonderful works in the name of God, and still me personally be straight on my way to heaven straight on my way out of the presence of God because God gave me the gift for those that will hear me. He didn't give it for me. I, matter of fact, come under a greater condemnation because I recognize the gift is from God. I recognize it to do the work of God, but I don't recognize God of the gift. God is calling us, church. And I'm almost done. It's only 15 minutes in, and I'm almost done. God is calling us higher. God is calling us higher for a greater commitment. God is calling us higher for a greater life. God is calling us 
God is calling us. I do. I had my cousin saying sometimes it's, hard, it's easier and better and safer to stay home. I don't agree with that, but I believe. If everyone, this is the same thing that happened, the same thing happened to certain parts of the inner city when affluent people that was raised in the inner city got their education and got schooling, they didn't come back to the city. They moved to the suburbs or they moved out to the country. They moved. So the city became a vacuum of carnality. The city became a vacuum of poverty. The city became a vacuum of evil and wickedness. And the same thing happens with the church because people that don't want carnality, people that don't want foolishness, stop going. They they would rather stay home. But when you have no real Christian in the house, one can chase a thousand, two, ten thousand. I I refuse to allow the enemy to take over because of my absence. I refuse. I don't care how offended I am. I'm binding the spirit of offense, and I'm going to the house. I'm binding the spirit of offense, and I'm going to make my way to the altar. I'm binding the spirit of offense because the Scripture tells us, let's not forsake the assembling of of ourselves together. What the enemy wants to do, division, listen, Galatians tells us, division is a work of the flesh. So when my, when my mind, when my emotion, when circumstance tells me to separate myself, I have to rebuke myself because I understand that division is not of God. I might have to take the offense just being the one that saved. I might have to take the offense because the Bible reminds and admonishes me as I, if I'm calling myself spiritual, if I'm calling myself strong, that I have to bear the infirmities of them that are weak. And it, it, it seems like it's unrighteous at times. Because you have people that are doing well. You have people that are being used of God and searching for God and seeking for God, and they're not being recognized. They're not being recognized by leadership. They're not being recognized by their peers. And then you have someone who you know ain't living a nickel, and they're the ones in the front. And that's not the case everywhere, but that is what the enemy is trying to portray and trying to push out in front of everyone, trying to push. Why? Because the agenda is to put it into people's head. That's why I don't go to church now. To put it in your head, that's why I don't do this. That's why I don't do that. But that's the trick of the enemy, to keep you out of the house, to keep you off of your knees, to keep you off of your face, to keep you from a place of consecration and full of sur- and full surrender by the by the I won't say acclamation, but by the actions of those that call themselves. Listen, I, I, I can be the poster child for hypocritical. I, I can ten twenty years ago. If you looked up hypocrite and looked in the dictionary, I'm pretty sure my picture was up there. But when God set me apart, and I began to recognize, and I began to cry out, and I began to—I've always known if you pray, you realize you gotta pray. 
If you fast, you realize even the more you have to fast because there is a war for our soul. There is a war for our warfare. There is a war for our minds. And we want to settle by just being carnal, just being saved enough. The devil is a liar. We want that deliverance this kind comes not out, but by prayer. In fact, if Jesus said, if I be lifted up, talking about his death, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw. How does Christ, how is Christ lifted up in us by our death? by our mortifying the deeds of the flesh, by our surrendering to him and allowing the spirit to lead our lives. That's how Christ is exalted. That's how Christ is lifted up through the life of the believer, through our death. And listen, death is painful. (laughs) Death is painful. I lost someone that, but death is painful. Nobody wants to die. No one wants to be the one that's taken advantage of. No one wants to be the one, and no one, my hand is up with that too. No one wants to be the one that's ridiculed. No one wants to be the one that's talked about and finishes last when they're doing everything that they can. Everyone wants to defend themselves, but I'm praying, and I was talking um, a couple of days ago, that if your thoughts are not good, if your thoughts about a person are not lovely, hey, it might be natural discernment, it might be spiritual discernment, but if those are your first thoughts, then it's an issue with your love. It's an issue that you have to answer with something in you because the Bible says love thinks no evil. And I don't know how I got on love, but when we're talking about love of God, Do we really love God or do we love church? Do we really love God or do we love the attention that the pulpit brings? Do we really love God or do we love the acclamation and the praises of men? Do we really love God? Then if we do, then we need to do it God's way. It works. It worked for my grandparents. It worked for their parents. It worked for men and women of old. And yet we want to come with something new. Like we, No, the only thing new is turning our plate down, casting, praying until something happened, praying all night. The, the, the only thing different is, is that we're considering ourselves spiritual, yet we're not doing those things that are spiritual. We're not doing those things that feed our spirit. We're calling ourselves spiritual, but we're not doing those things that edify our spirit. We're not doing those things that fortify us. We're not doing those things that build us up in our spirit. Because if our spirit man was big, if our spirit, we, we wouldn't be playing rap music in our church. If our spirit man was big, we wouldn't be twerking in our church. If our spirit man was big, we wouldn't be talking about spiritual things that have no biblical foundation. There are, like I said at the beginning, there are many spirits. There, there are spirits talking all the time. Want to get the ear of the believer. How do we know it's the spirit of God? 
How do we know that it's not the spirit of error? The only way we know is because there are a foundation, and that foundation is in the word. Hebrews said, God, in that sundry times and that diverse matters spoke to us by the prophets, have chosen in these last days to speak to us by his he speaks to us by the word. We understand the Holy Spirit talks to us, but there should be a foundation for direction. There should be a foundation for what he says. Maybe not verbatim, word for word. You can't find chapter and verse, but it shouldn't ever and take you to left field. It shouldn't ever and take you away from the deity of Jesus Christ. They, they shouldn't take you away from the realization that Christ is the Messiah. They shouldn't come and take you away from the belief of the gospel. Amen. As we move forward, and, and, and this is my desire, but my desires are, are I just told my sons, you know, it's an old saying that the graveyard is the most expensive place in town, not not because of the tombstones, not because of the artwork, not because of the mosaic, not not because of the, the tombs, not because of those, but because of all of the ideas, all of the gospels, all of the word that should have been preached, all of the books that should have been written, all of the songs that should have been sang, all of the ideas that should have come to fruition. But we took them and had faith, but faith that doesn't move, is it really faith? Is, is it just an idea? Is it just some type of inkling? Is it just a dream? I've said this before. It's an old song back in the day, life is but a dream, and nothing comes to sleepers but a dream. We want to, if, I, if you want to know if you have faith, show it in your actions. Because faith is not a dead word. Faith is not some idle word. Faith is an action word. James said, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. We're moving from a time where people are looking for something. What are they looking for, Brother Aaron? They're looking for men and women that move by faith. We know the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us of the halls of faith and all of those who did miraculous things by faith because they believed. Do you believe? Then write that book. Do you believe? Then sing that song. Do you believe? Then preach that sermon. Do you believe? Then do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of God. Do the ministry. Do what God is calling you to do and stop making excuses on why you're not doing it. Forget what everybody else is doing. Forget what you heard. Forget what people aren't doing. Forget about the hypocrites. God called you and I individually. I'm responsible for what I see by myself. I can't use anyone as an excuse for me because the same God that died for them died for me. The same God that justified them justified me. The same God that redeemed them redeemed me. And he is the one. 
that I have to do with. He's the one I have to answer to. I can't use anyone as an excuse. The best example I can give you for that is the five wise and five foolish. And if I can put, excuse me, in the vernacular of today and in our society, all of them went to church. All ten. There were five wives and all ten of them were church girls. All ten of them had the lamp. All ten of them was dressed and ready. All ten of them had oil in their lamp. But yet, only five of them had enough. What a tragedy to go to church but not have enough. When you're called to win, and I'm flipping the win now, when you're called to be an overcomer, when you're called to be more than a conqueror, when you're called to be the head only, above only and not beneath, when you're called to be the head and not, when you're called to be the lender and not the borrower, when you're called by God, but you don't have enough, Truth is, without God, none of us have enough. But the five foolish didn't bring what was necessary. The tragedy is, this wasn't the first time they had kept their lamps overnight. If they were waiting for the bridegroom, this was a practice that they had been doing. They knew oil was required. They knew that they had to have extra oil because you didn't know what time the bridegroom was coming. They knew it. They knew that the bridegroom was coming. They knew it, and they didn't put any extra oil or carry any extra oil in their lamp. That's the tragedy. They knew what was required. This was a practice. This was a cultural action. This was something that they did all the time as a virgin to know. You don't know when the father is going to say, now is the time. They knew in their culture that they had to have extra oil because you might get caught in the middle of the night and you have to trim your lamp. And they didn't carry any. This is why the Bible calls them foolish. Didn't call them foolish just because they didn't have oil. They called them foolish, and they were called foolish because culturally they knew what was required. And the issue with us in church, and it seems like our church, especially here in America with us, is that we know the requirement of God. And we're trying to substitute it with culture. We're trying to substitute it with some other type of form of living or some other newfangled way of godliness or what God accepts when we know what's required. My God, what a tragedy to spend life in church without God. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. In Galatians, no, I think it's Matthew. Yeah, Matthew 6. They were talking about, again, the disciples. After Jesus had, 
Peter, James, and John that came off the Mount of Transfiguration, a man that had a son that was a lunatic, that had the palsy, that it was lunatic, came and said, listen, I brought my son. You know, sometimes he just go off, he throws himself into the fire, he, he throws himself here and there. And I brought them, I brought him to your disciples. This is breaking my heart. I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't do nothing for him. They couldn't heal him. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. And the very first thing the Lord did, was rebuked the disciples. Oh, ye faithless and perverse generation. Maybe we have all of this stuff happening in our churches because we refuse to move in the faith that God is calling us to. What faith? Faith to pray when he's waking you up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Faith to fast when he's saying, don't eat today. Oh, fast from TV. No, I'm talking about a fast. I'm talking about abstaining and denying yourself of those things that you crave and desire to do and just because you recognize God wants to use you as a conduit. You, you recognize that it, except you excel in the things of the spirit, you won't get to where God is calling you. And, and I'm, I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about spiritually, all of us, all of us that are on the line, and even those that will see this video in the future, all of us have a need and a desire for that loved one, that spouse, that, that, that friend, that family member to get saved. We want someone to come in all the way, but yet we don't want. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not talking about salvation now. You're saved, but we don't want to give God that surrender that he's requiring of us. He's requiring a, a surrender of us. He's requiring a next level. Everyone wants to see the sea part, but no one wants to spend 40 days on a mountain. Everyone wants the anointing of David that when we played, when we sang, it drived away evil spirits, but no one wants a javelin thrown at him. There are things we have to go through that we have to answer to to squeeze out what God wants to squeeze out of us. And I want to challenge you. I, I want to challenge you to meet that need. I want to challenge you to answer that call. I, I want to answer it. I want 2024. I told my son, 2024, big no more. I ain't use the word big, but 2024. My mom always admonishing me, you got to start eating this, and you got to start doing this, and I want to do it this year. I want to do it this year. I want to do it now because I want to see it. I was talking to my cousin about writing books. I got books in me. She's written 17 books and is in the process of writing a, a, a script for a movie. And I talked briefly with her today, I think today or yesterday, but I talked to her about doing the same because I want these things in me to not go with me to the grave. 
Do you want more of God? Do you want to settle for or allow the enemy to reign carnality in your church, in your home, with your family, with your children, with your spouse, with your just What do you want God to really do? Now let me ask you a question. Are you willing? Let me put my hand up on that. Are you willing to pay the cost? Are you willing to pay what it costs to get there? That's the only thing that makes the difference. That that's the only thing that makes the difference. Many of us want many of us want it from God. We feel the inkling. We, we, we hear the yearning. We wake up and want to know why. We just went to bed at 12 o'clock. Why am I awake at 3 o'clock? Why am I awake? You're awake because you're, it's that time for you. That's when God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you at that time, and he wants you to talk to him. Don't take it for granted that you woke up and you woke and you're wide awake. You're, you're cognitive. You're wide awake. You don't know why you ain't still sleeping. You got three, four more hours before the alarm clock go off because God wants that time with you. John Larnell Harris, there he sits just waiting. I used to sing it often. In that old familiar place, there's an empty spot beside him where once I used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day. I would have passed him by again, but clearly I heard him say, I missed my time with you. He said, how can you serve me if your spirit's empty? I find that there was an anointing for an hour. When I pray for an hour, it's broadcast. When I, I find that there is an anointing to push me, finish whatever time that I have when I pray that amount of time. And if we want it daily in our lives, we have to begin to live the Romans 8 life. We know that there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, but it's a clause there that's a count. They say, there's no condemnation. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a sinner, y'all. To them which are in Christ Jesus, comma, who walk not after the flesh, but after spirit, my God. I want to read that before we go. I got 838, 839 just changed. Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law. And this is what gets me. Amen, Maria, write a book. This is what gets me for the law. You you, you can't miss that word. We, we read over it. It's a law, like the law of gravity. You throw it up. If it ain't, if it's not following into the law of aerodynamics, it's coming back down. There's a law. There's a law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. I know that my life is hid in God, in Christ, so that the things that I want to do, I can't even do. Because I have to find how to navigate life through Christ. Because my flesh 
would direct me a different way. So I have to find out direction from him. I have to find insight from him. I have to find inspiration from him. And I be, and Proverbs tell me that a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord for the law. My God, I, I, I can't get over it. For the law of sin and for the law of the spirit of life. You mean that when I walk in the spirit, there's a law that keeps me? There is a law that protects me? There is a law that governs me? There is a law. My God, it's a law. That means when I do it right, it works right. Because it's not a suggestion. It's a law. My God made me free. I can find freedom in Christ from what is it? The law of sin and death. And where is the law of sin and death? In our flesh. That if we live a life that's carnal, if we live a life that's lawless, if we live a life, my God, that's worldly, then a law rules our life. But it's not the law of the spirit of life. It's the law of sin and death. And I'm, I, I said I'm just about done, but I, it began to get a little bit good to me. But I, would, I want to admonish you, and I see you that are here, and thank God for those that you know, are viewing and are making comments. I thank God for you that what you want to see in God and how you want to see him move is in a pipe dream. God gave it to you. It's God motivated. God wants, amen, amen. God wants to do it, but we won't see it if we don't answer the call. We won't see it if we don't meet the needs spiritually on our knees, by working, by doing those spiritual calisthenics, studying to show ourselves approved unto God. We won't get there because it's spiritually discerned. It's spiritually accomplished. We talked about it the last time we last year toward the end of the year, because many will be in that day. These things break my heart and are tragedies. But many will say in that day, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do many marvelous works in your name? And the Lord says, depart from me. Amen. Ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. And I was reading again what my cousin had wrote down. You know, um, and he was talking about the carnality of church goers, not the saints. And and to an extent, 
I expect people that are not saved, right? They're not saved. I, I, I expect people that are carnal to act carnal. I, I expect people. I, I, the church is full of people from the street. <laughs> people from the people from in the world come to church. The problem is. I don't want to say we're not allowing the Holy Ghost to clean them up. But if we're not preaching against sin, we're not preaching against carnality, and, and, and even worse than that, carnality is being displayed from across our pulpits and in, in the pews by you know, um, those that are supposed to be Christians. Again, if judgment begins at the house of God, then where will the unrighteous sinner appear? We're called to be lights. We're called to be salt. Lights aren't put under a bushel. And if a salt if the salt has lost its savor, while we're having fun the devil is trying to accomplish taking the flavor out of your witness. Hmm. Wow. What a tragedy. The devil is a liar. What he planned to do, he will not do. Amen. Let let that be said, not on my watch. My mom says, not on my watch. Amen. So, God, we do thank you and we bless you. Thank you for the word that went forth out of your mouth. And I pray, God, that you've given us ears to hear. And I'm praying that the word that went out of your mouth, that it fell on good ground, that it may bring fruit to your glory, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 If you do not know the Lord and the pardon of your sin, and you want me to introduce you to Jesus, I, wanna, I want you to repeat a prayer of repentance with me. I want you to say it and mean it, and God will do exactly what you asked him to do. And after that, the next voice you'll hear be that of our onboard resident and engineer, Brother Rob, who's going to come and give you some information on how you can correspond with Purpose Kingdom, you know, that you can find a faith-based Bible preaching, teaching, living church in your area. And then we'll come back with the benediction um, at the end of that. So repeat this prayer with me. Say, God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Forgive me of my sins and wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Save my soul and write my name in the land book of life. I ask it. In Jesus' name, 
into his glory. Lord Jesus, by your spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and master my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen. If you said what you meant and meant what you said, God has done what you've asked him to do. We're going to call and, and, and render up um, this time for Brother Rob. He's going to come with some corresponding information for you and some announcements, and then I'll come back um, with the benediction. Bless you. All right, all right. Praise the Lord for tonight's episode. And uh, thank you so much, Reverend Williams, for uh, giving us this message that you had uh, received and shared with us tonight. This is the Private Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. No matter where in the world you are, whether you listen to us online or via phone, we greatly appreciate your listenership and support for us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with their friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime we do a live broadcast, we're broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. When we do a live show, we do have a call number, which is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you just press the number one. Okay, and if you want to listen to any of our previous broadcasts, you can also go back to that same website, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can simply type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Also, if you want to correspond with us via email, you can correspond with us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a praise request. Or if you're in need of a Bible, leave your contact information, and we will get, we'll see about getting you a Bible. All right. Also, uh, please don't forget that we, have to do, we do have PKN.com where you can hear 24 hours of musical inspiration. Okay. And tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, with God is going God's blessing, we hope you join us for um, It's Your Story, So Tell It. And that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. So once again, with God's will, God's blessing, please join us tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour for It's Your Story, So Tell It. And that's going to be hosted by Mother Janice Hudson. Okay. And with that being said, that's going to be the end of our announcements. And uh, we're going to hand the show back over to Reverend Williams and Reverend Williams' uh, excellent episode tonight. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for you, Rob. Thank God for Purpose Kingdom. Again, this is the 1975th episode of Purpose Kingdom. I just seen a message on here from Olga Tavares from Cardone. God bless you. You know, um, I, 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 I thank God. You know, I, I thank God just for being who he is, you know, for keeping me. What a merciful God. What What a good God that despite us, God is still good. In spite of all that we've done and all that we've done wrong, we haven't been perfect, but yet God, God has still been faithful. It's one thing to be carnal and be private. And I'm, I'm, I'm in no way justifying carnality. But it's another thing to be carnal and involve an entire congregation of the people of God 
in your carnality. In the Old Testament, it says that they sat down at meat and rose up to play, even to the extent that God opened the earth and swallowed them. They got to read the Bible. They got to read the Bible. It's craziness. Of, and it tells us and admonishes us in the New Testament that these things were written for our example. Why was it written for our example? The Bible tells you right in that continued scripture that we may not err in the same things that they did. It, it, it admonishes us, and it's admonishing us even today to keep moving forward keep moving higher, to keep moving in the direction of God, because God is ever moving. Even when he's standing still, he's still moving. And if you want to see God, that's the challenge. We're called to win. We're called to win. We're not just called to win in life. We're called to win souls. We're called by God. We're called to be more in the conqueror. We might still be that woman that all she had was a penny, but she was called to win. My goodness. My God. We we are still called to win. We might be in the strictest of poverty, but if you know Jesus, you're still called to win in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Some of the most powerful people I knew might not have had two nickels to rub together, but they knew God. My goodness. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God, and we bless God for you being on here with us. Our next broadcast will be the 20th, Lord will, 20th of February, February the 20th. Uh, we're here every other Tuesday. So our next broadcast will be on February the 20th. You know, um, and just pray for you, brother, you know, as we continue to move forward. You know, I'm expecting great things. I'm always expecting great things, you know, but I'm expecting even more now, you know, as the Lord moves. Amen. Yes, great and gracious. So we thank God for you. And before we get out of here, let's pray as we close. God, we thank you. Thank you for those that um, set in with us and viewed on Facebook, those that are listening by way of blog, talk, radio, or on the Internet, God. And we just pray, God, even as we continue to seek your face, God, that we won't be as the five foolish, God, we won't be as those that don't know you. But, God, we want to know you. We want to know you. God, even the more, we pray, God, for our relationship, not just with you. For you said, how can we say we love you who we have not seen and love not our brother that we see every day? So we pray for those that you've called us to serve. We pray for those, God, that you've called us to love. You pray for those, God, that we've been set in front of as a light, as salt, as an example. God, that you would so anoint us, my God, that our anointing, God, that your presence on us would be undeniable, unavoidable, 
and irresistible. In the name of Jesus. God, we say yes again tonight. God, if there's anything in us that's not pleasing, things that we've said, things that we've thought, to, thought today that may have been off and wrong and sinful, we ask you to forgive us that our words, God, that our meditation, that our prayer may reach you continuously as a sweet-smelling savor in your nostril, that you would be well-pleased, God, not just with our ministry, God, but with our lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you're in the Hampton, Georgia area, I invite you right here on McDonough Road, the church we're attending is um, <laughs> it's called Lovejoy Family Church right here on McDonough Road, right around the corner from here. But um, it's a nice church. You know, uh, the spirit of God is definitely there. Spirit of love is there. Spirit of servanthood, you know, and oh my God, they'll love you to death if you let them. Um, and, and then, you know, those that are in the Philadelphia area, you know, I always encourage you, you know, if you're ever in the North Philly area, you know, um, to visit our home church, um, the Delivers Evangelistic Church of 2001 West Lehigh Avenue, you know, under the auspices, I always like using that word, of our pastor. I'm the Reverend Glenn Spaulding. So we thank God for you. We pray that you enjoy the rest of your evening. It's already past my bedtime. I'm, I might rob have to move this to seven thirty. <laughs> Whatever we gonna do, but you know, um, yeah, eight thirty is bedtime for me. So uh, we thank God for those that hung in there with with us, and we just ask you that you continue to pray for us. You know, continue to pray for DTW ministry, continue to pray for your brother Aaron, you know, um, and we'll definitely keep you all in prayer. So God bless you. Have a great night. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose. He saved me. 